Hey everybody, it's Rick Aaron from ABC4 Utah News and the Jocularity Show, and you're listening to Old Ute Radio. So we're back. Sasha Bloom, Johnny McKeon, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm excited. We've got Robert Kelly sitting here. How are you, sir? What's up, man? (laughs) What's going on? Oh, I am. I'm a giddy boy. I've been a fan of you for 10, 11, 12 years. I've been a fan of you for around 20 minutes. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than some. Every time I hear you on ONA, it's three hours of fantastic radio. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. That, that show's crazy. Is it is, is O&J now? O&J, Can yes. Can call it O&A? I, I call it O&A. Can't help it. It's weird, right? It's like yeah. parents getting divorced. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't know what to do. Like, have you been back on since the? I go on O yeah. and J all the time, yeah. and I've been on Anthony's show too. Cool. Yeah, but yeah. I've been on both. Yeah. It's just it's um. You know, everything comes to an end, dude. Yeah. I mean, everything, even Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. I mean, you know, that's the hardest thing in life, especially this business, is that, uh, you know, it just comes to an end someday, you know. How do you keep going? Because it seems to me your work ethic is very good. Because I work in media, and it's such a chaotic world, television, radio, and you're constantly on the go. You, As you as an intern, you got to keep making people laugh all the time, and you got to be here, you got to be there. It just seems like it's a hard thing to do. Um, it, it, it gets harder as you get older, as you get other stuff that you love, like a wife or a kid, you know, um, I mean, in my twenties and thirties, it was not hard at all. You know, I'm a, I'm a piece of shit, (laughs) you know, um, I wasn't supposed to amount to anything. And now I'm telling jokes. You're flying me in, put me up at a hotel, giving me food. And paying me money to go up on stage and tell jokes? <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I mean, as you get older and, you know, you get a wife or you get a kid or whatever, you know, things all wear. You know, it's like, not you know, okay, a hotel. I've been in a million hotels. But I still love it, man. I mean, you know, I think that, especially comedians, you're married to it. It's your, a lot of guys mess up at the beginning of the careers and get it some girl or whatever. And then they realize that, oh, I was already married. I already had a girlfriend. It's my career. It's my comedy. That's my love. Yeah. And then you realize it doesn't work out because you can't be married to two people at the same time. You know? So later in my career, you know, I met my, I knew my chick and it took a long time to let go of the reins and trust the fact, you know, that you know, I'm not. I'm, it will make me funnier. You know who taught me that? Louis. When I, I Louis got like Joe Yannetti, these comics that I would see with kids and houses and lives, and they moved out of the city and had a backyard. And I'm like, wait a minute, you need to be edgy. You need to be in the city. You need to be with the act. No, you don't. You actually get more. You get uh, funnier the more the the more honest you become. The more life you live. The more things you um, evolve into, it was like, oh my god, I, I, you know, I became funnier, which is crazy. 
That was the longest answer ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does anybody say shut the fuck up on the show? <laughs> <laughs> Not to you. <laughs> oh my God. And they do it to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> me too. So my therapist is on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> on the whole August. He's, 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 uh, he's, uh, he's away. So how long have you been working with Louie? Like, you, did you guys come up together or? Um... It's, I met Louie in New York, of course, when he was, I don't know, I think he was writing on Conan. Or, just some, you know, chubby redhead on a bike <laughs> that was known. I, like, I, heard, I knew of him before I knew him. And then you see him, and then, you know, he would come down and uh, do spots at the cell. He was a writer. He was a writer on Conan. He was a writer on Chris Rock's show, and he was a writer, man. And uh, he came in to do sets once in a while, but not too often. And then once that ended, and he started, you know, um, you know, doing, uh, you know, writing his own show and stuff, and you know, I, I started hanging. I said doing shows with him, the virus tour, on O and A, and then I see him at the cellar, and you know, I would talk to, him, you know, listen a lot to him, you know, and, and, and talk to him and stuff like that, and then I don't know, we slowly became friends, and then. His show, he just called me up. Listen, I wrote this thing. It's just really a one-line thing. I'm driving around in the car, and I call him up, and I say something, and then he hangs up. And then, you know, he he was in the back seat. There was a camera guy in the front seat, and I drove around the block, and that was it. I was like, you, I forget what I said. And he said, yeah, yeah, and then that was it. And he was like, that's it. I'll see you later. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't, it was the first season. I didn't know. I knew it was Louie. But nobody knew it was going to be that. And then you see, you know, and then he called me up. I wrote something else. And then he was like, I wrote, he just calls you up and you go do it. And it was awesome and great. And I mean, you just take a train or a bus or a cab to the set. You pop out, you cut, run it, film it. And he's like, I, I, I'm done. All right, great. And the great part about it is this. Uh, you, you guys have ever filmed anything? You've been, right, yeah, sure. So you guys yeah. know. There's a lot of shit. There's a writer. There's a director, there's a producer, you know, there's the star. He's all of them. So there's no... There's no it's he, exhausting he, work. Well, he doesn't need to go to anybody. When he gets what he wants, he goes, all right, we, I got it. Because he's the director. He's the writer. He doesn't... You know, when, you, when you're on a set with a bunch, everybody's different. All right, do you want one more take? Can I... It's, it's, it's kind of grueling and taxing. This is... I, He's figured out a way to make it, I don't know, man, the way you should run a scene from here to the end. The way, you know, you, he, you can actually, that you never really do that in TV. It's always cut, we're going to go backwards, forwards, or whatever. You say your line, and you don't know when the camera's on you, when you're close up. All of a sudden, they did your close up. You read the worst you could ever. When you, like, Louis is one camera, and you open the door, and it goes to the end of the scene. And that, you know, especially comedy, comedy is when the, both people are in the same shot, you know, and he does a lot of that. He's, he's reinvented everything. It's weird, man. He's like, brought some old school ethics back into television and film because the way he tilts his cameras, the, the way he slash lights, there's stuff that you don't see in modern television that he's doing, and it's fantastic. Yeah, he, well, he owns his lenses. You know what I mean? He bought old German lenses and... 
you know, because he likes to get different shots and he uses different styles of lens for different moods or whatever he does. Like, I mean, I mean I'm only know this because he told me this stuff and I've asked and he's he's really cool at telling you shit. He's very, you know, he's not like, dude, why did you do that? Oh, because he's a great teacher, really great teacher. So, you know. So the episode where you guys did the bang bang, mm-hmm. I'm curious about that. Did you actually eat the food twice yeah. in a row? Like you just oh fuck yeah. So <laughs> how did that go about? You just went to the restaurant. Just we went to an Indian restaurant, and he ordered. We or he just gave us two menus. It was a real restaurant. I think there was was there people in it. I don't know maybe, and um, two cameras, yeah. two cameras, just one on the other. You know, shooting in the same. One on this side, one on that side. Couldn't see the other camera. They just stayed out of each other's way. And they ordered, we ordered all the stuff we wanted. Tons of shit. I came. And he goes, all right, just eat until I say we're done. <laughs> and we ate and ate and ate. And then there was a point where he was like, all right, I'm, he was like, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking cut. Because we just ate. And that was it. We ate as much as we could. And he filmed it. And the cameras were just going you know, as we're eating, trying to pick up shots of us eating. And then he just edited it together because he's the editor, too, by the yeah. way. Fuck it. He edits <laughs> everything so he knows what he can get. And then we took a break for lunch. <laughs> 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 and uh, we went to a diner and ordered a whole nother meal. Uh, I got chicken, uh, ca- uh, chicken parmesan with spaghetti. And he got hamburgers and fries, and we both got shakes. <laughs> shakes were my idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I remember the prop guy came up to me because they had to shut that diner down. And he only had, he came up to me in between takes. He goes, I got two cutlets left. Slow the fuck down. Because <laughs> I, I was eating, all, I was fucking eating. The, I, yeah, you can't fuck with me. <laughs> I've done bang, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. that was, uh, I was like, that's funny because that just reminded me of Andy Farnsworth, one of, a guy who moved out to New York from here, told me after any time he goes out and is doing shows at night, the whole way home, he'll stop and he'll buy a candy from one store and then he'll eat that until yeah. he can walk. And when he's done, he's like, throws that away and then he's into <laughs> another store and just, he's like, that's what I do. I just eat candy all the way home from, from mics and stuff just to oh, yeah. get through it. I've done so many, especially, I mean, if you're a comic, you know, food after the shows, it's like, you know, it's your life. If you're not doing heroin, you're eating you, fucking yeah, food. If there's, not drugs, yeah, girls, if there's not drugs. Yeah, if there's not drugs and alcohol, food, yeah. you know, especially, you know, I'm married, I got a kid, you know, wow, that's a huge cockroach. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, you are from Utah. <laughs> I got those man hands, bud. <laughs> this mother, this m- motherfucker. Yeah. This guy just picked up the biggest bug I've ever seen. And the, oh, God. The only thing that went through my head, I was going to flip out. <laughs> But then I'm going fly fishing on Saturday, so I was like, whoa, I wonder if I have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you you going fly fishing? This guy. What's your name again? Sasha. Sasha. Holy wow. You picked that up so gently. You picked that up like God. Like it was you were God and that was your creature. (laughs) Wow. I'm a a caring guy. Not only that, the cockroaches are <laughs> awful like they really like in Phil like when I lived in Philadelphia I remember going in I had to use a public bathroom once and I was like I'm just gonna go in here really quick 
and I went to go, and there was a cockroach that started walking towards my foot. And I'm like, I'm going to stomp at it and get yeah. it to go away, yeah. and then I'll pee. And I stomped <laughs> at it, and it made a weird noise and came at my foot, and I said, I'm not peeing anymore. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to fucking leave this cockroach alone. That was the longest story. That Sorry. was almost longer than my story. It was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And your friends hate you because they didn't even stop you. They would try to <laughs> help you. Like, I would have helped you. I'd be like, dude, once that, yeah, me too. Or something. <laughs> cockroaches, yeah. <laughs> 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 I, no, I, well, cockroaches is something that you get used to, though. Because like, I lived in New York, and my apartment was cockroach infested. But, you, I mean, I was flipping out the first night, can of raid. Sleeping in a chair, <laughs> squatting, standing, you know. But a year into it, I had chicks over my house, and as I was kissing them, I just turned their heads away from the wall. <laughs> so they didn't, you know, I used to get them to, Yeah, I used to have, like, I used to fool around in the hallway. Because I knew if I took them in the apartment, they might scream and leave. <laughs> so I'd try to get everything done in the hallway and then go into the, yeah. and the house. <laughs> So what what got you into comedy? Were you one of those guys who was funny and like they just? It's you know, man. It's such a weird question. It's like, who, I, I don't know. You know, you don't. I mean, you you. I can sit here and tell you the story, but it, I don't know what that is. I think comedy. I think doing comedy, and becoming a professional stand-up comedian, is kind of destiny. You know, it's like being in a rock band. It's like being a famous actor. I don't know what made you do I don't know man it's just it just it just happens I think if you're looking if you're dreaming you know you'll find it it will find you if you take the time to dream it if you take the time to just not do what you're told to do and go with what your gut says and just you know, I was going to be an art teacher, man. I was going to do art. That, that was my passion. And I was going to college, and I was taking the classes in watercolor and painting. And, you know, I was becoming an okay artist, but it was, you know, it was getting that thing out. And then comedy, acting kind of came in. I started doing plays. I was like, oh, this is cool. I like acting. And, and all of a sudden, I did comedy one time as an improv group, and I was like, I'm done. That, getting a laugh was the greatest drug I the, the greatest drug I've ever felt in my life. Having a theater full of people explode when you said something or did something that you came up with and it happens every thirty seconds or every minute after that, that's epic as far as entertaining goes. From an audience point of view, you just did Club fifty West in Salt Lake City. Yeah. You seem like you had a genuine smile on your face on stage, like you were happy to be there. And I assume outside of your kids and wife, that's your love, as you were saying. Well, I've learned to love comedy on uh, over and over again, because I, I think there's some. There's been times I've hated it. You know, there's been times where it's my day job. You know, where it's like, ugh, I got to go there, and you know, deal with this crowd or these people in this type of club and um i think the greatest thing for a comedian is when fans show up when you can finally how however many fans show up people that like you and like your comedy if they come and see you you can enjoy yourself because you can truly be who you are because you get me as a fan you know that's the you know the 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 greatest thing a comic can have a room full of people that 
like your comedy. You know, if you have a bunch of people that don't know who the hell you are, you're fighting them. You know what I mean? You're they, Which is they're, they're weird because they're to see reason. you. They're there to see comedy, right? Well, they're there to see comedy. Theoretically, yeah. You don't know what their comedy is. Some people like weird shit. Comedy <laughs> is subjective, man. It's just like painting. It's like it's like music. It's subjective. Some people like, you know, fish. I don't care for them. Yeah. So, but a lot of people love them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, you know, I love Bon Jovi. But some people think they Yeah, I hate Bon Jovi. Huh? I hate Bon Jovi. Yeah, I love them. Shot Through the Heart. <laughs> Are you crazy? That's actually not a bad song. <laughs> of course it's not a bad Shot Through the Heart. I've seen a million faces. It's good because it's oh, so bad. It's terrible music to like. <laughs> it's awful. It's like a devil dog. I mean, there's a baker somewhere <laughs> slaving over mixing and, 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 and coming up with an original recipe for some type of little cake. That they and you go and you buy it and it's fire and it's like wow and then you have a devil dog same shit it's the same like wow this is awesome you know what I mean Bon Jovi's are the devil dogs of of baked goods but it's still good man with a glass of milk you know comedy is the same thing so to to come out and you know and have people who get you 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 now you can just be you now you can just say anything. You ever notice when famous comics go on stage, they, they everybody's listening. Yeah. You can they can say whatever they want, they can suck. Yeah. And they're still funny. Why? Because they like them, because they know them, and they like what they do. They're fans. That's what it is, you know. Um, and that's you know, even coming out here like this crowd tonight, it was a small crowd, um, but they get me, so I'm having a blast. Because uh, of where I'm at right now. Plus, I'm, you know, the, I think the more you, the more you know you're funny, like there's no B plan. Like, this is all I got. I'm doing this. This is my style, my thing, and I don't care. Um, you can go out and just do it because there's no option. Right. I think early in your career as a comic or anything. You have options. Maybe I can be clean. I can be. I can give these people what they want. I. This is a different crowd. Or you know, when you go out there, and I, this is all I have. So old people laugh at me, and I'm pretty disgusting. Not, but I'm not disgusting. If you like the, tonight when the, oh, can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah well, you, we've go. been cussing all night. I said, um, your jizz jokes. Yeah, jizz. Yeah. yeah. It's like, dude, we are jizz. <laughs> like that really happened when I, I was I was like I, I jizzed inside of a vagina, and a girl went, oh, and I was like, are you serious? Like you don't even know, like <laughs> biology. You didn't, like uh, like biblically or scientifically, I am in the right. It, jizz is supposed to go in a vagina, and it, you're not supposed to. It's not supposed to go in your hand or on your floor in your hair. It's, it, that's disgusting. That's gross. Biblically and scientifically, that's just wasting <laughs> life. I mean, so, you know, and when I said that and that girl was like, oh, it's like, you dummy. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't think this through. You just said, oh, to say, oh, because of a word. You didn't listen. That's the greatest part about being a comic. You know, you're getting them to listen. That's like that girl tonight who said she said something stupid. I go, the, was the girl that yelled out from the back? She yelled out something. She said, you're, you're sexy. 
No, before that. Oh, before that. And I before that, and I oh. said, look, this is this is a uh, this is a monologue. It's not a dialogue. Yeah. Oh, it's true. Well, yeah, she. Uh, I can't remember what it was that. Yeah, but she disagreed. The, with. Re- the reason why people think that sometimes it can be a, a dialogue is because you're you're philosophizing. Some like I'm that. I'm giving you my philosophy on things. Some comics go out and tell jokes. You don't know who that guy is. You really don't know what they're really about. You don't know what's true or what's not. Um, and they just tell great setup punch tags, which is great. Yeah. Not my style of comedy. Fucking ten minutes into that, I don't even know where I am. Like I, I'm, I'm like, I can literally be like, what the? Oh shit. Not that it's bad. I think it's there. It's an art form. It's insane. Some guys are. Gary Gullman is one of the best in the world at it. He will take a joke and ring it. I mean, from here to here, take every second of funny out of it, out of a premise. I like <laughs> to hide my premise, my jokes, my setup, punch and tags inside a conversation. So I'm I'm conversating with you, but you should be listening. That's well, about it. And that's what I even told him. I said the thing that's great about watching you tonight was I, like, I don't know what was actually him doing written material or if he was just riffing and going yeah. off on yeah. anything, but it just seemed so seamless and you were funny the whole fucking time. It was yeah. amazing. It was so fun to watch. Yeah, like, I don't, <clears throat> I know guys are into crowd work and stuff. I can do crowd work. I love crowd work. But I think there was a point where my crowd work was better than my jokes. And that's when you're in trouble. Because if <laughs> yeah. you can't go, if you go out there and blah, 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 and the place is going nuts, and then you go to your jokes and they're like, ugh. You're, you're not a good comic. Or even if you are doing crowd work and it just, there's, oh, I have fucking no, nowhere to go now with crowd work anymore. Yeah, I mean, like I've, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I went, I said, okay, I'm going to go just do jokes and get my jokes, you know, um, really good. I want to get better at jokes and better. And I had to hang out with writers to do that, like set up punch tag guys. Yeah. Like a lot of my friends are those guys. And talk to them about like this, and then put that into my conversation. You know, my, you know, like when I'm telling you this happened, blah, 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 and then inside, you don't know when it's coming, but it's coming. And then I can go into the crowd and dip when I want, but I can also not. Yeah. I can be like, I can not talk to you for 40 minutes. I can just keep going. Um, but then I can go back, you know, I can go in. But if you're just, I don't, I mean, going in, just staying in the crowd, I don't. I don't think I don't think it's good. Like Colin Quinn said, you should take from every style of comedy. Yeah. That's what I believe. Physical people talk. He's physical. All he's done is run. Yeah, he's a performer. You should learn to fucking perform. You should you should learn to write j- good jokes. You know, you should learn to uh, philosophize. No, I'm sorry. I talked yeah. right through your thought. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> no I was just gonna ask you a little no, you more didn't. about your uh, process, like. Uh, what is your writing process like? Um, it's changing over the years, man. Like now, I I have to be in uh, in New York at the Comedy Cellar. Uh, I got to probably go in, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, take Sundays off, or take Sunday and Monday off. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know, f- sometimes five, six, seven shows on Fridays and Saturdays. And, you know, get these premises out, you know, um, and just do them and keep trying them and take the hit, you know. Um, 
you know, like the uh, Touch a Man Gently by accident. <laughs> that happened, you know, out front. Really, all my shit is based in truth. Like, like even the uh, Black Lives Matter, that happened. I was walking through, <laughs> and the lady says, if, if you think Black Lives Matter, raise your hands. And I was like, I do, but I got to go. <laughs> like, I really am late. Like, I'm going to have sushi with somebody, and I'm late. But I really do believe Black Lives she was like, raise your fist. I'm like, oh, I got to raise my fist. And then she literally said 11 times. And I was like, I literally heard a black dude go, 11? It's like, sometimes that shit writes itself, you know? Um, but I have a joke now where I'm working on, like, handicapped friends are taxing. You know what I mean? Like, I, have, I mean, and I know that they know that they're taxing, but they don't care. Like, I have a friend that's in a wheelchair. And it's like, every time we're going to do something at my house, it's like, oh, are we going to invite Sam? And it's like, because they show up and they, they just, they never leave. He never leaves because he's comfortable. He's in a chair. He brought his own chair. I mean, he's literally just sitting in the most, he's just there. So he's, he's just, you know, 12 o'clock, everybody's gone. He's still sitting. And my wife actually pantomimed me <laughs> pushing him out of the house. <laughs> and my wife is the sweetest person in the world, you know. But then you got to go get a special cab. And those usually taken up by drunk white girls. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> so it's like, you know, that's a joke that's going to take, you know, time. You know, I got to go try that. And that's a premise that I came up with a while ago. Wrote in my phone. Never did, did it one time. Didn't work. Now I went back to it and I'm like, yeah, this is funny. There's got to be something funny. This is just an awful thought. But every, I, I know people who have handicapped friends and handicapped people, you have to think this way. You have to. You have to be like, God, I'm a pain in the ass. You know what I mean? I know because you guys live on the second floor of a walk-up <laughs> and there's no elevator. This is going to suck for you to get me up there, but you're going to do it. Because I'm, I'm lonely, and I want to watch the Super Bowl, too. You know what I mean? So it's, you know. In this, that, no. in this politically correct world that we've merged into, do you worry about the corporate overlords taking your career away because now, of that? because I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't have gazillion fans. You know, I'm not, I'm not selling out arenas. I think the, here's what I think this, this whole what we've created is we're going to bring you up. Mm -hmm. We're going to bring you to the top, worship you for a couple of weeks, and then we're going to rip Bust you your hell ass, down. Yeah. We're just going to, you know, I mean, if you, it's almost better. <laughs> it's almost better to be mildly successful <laughs> because then you can, you know, the freedom of speech is gone because the average asshole has a voice, you know, on Twitter. The average asshole who doesn't even get you or watch comedy and know what you're about can hear you say one thing and then chime in and all their fans just blindly follow them without any evidence. And they can edit now, too. They have the, the tools of editing. So they can clip a sentence of a paragraph you said yeah. and it on a vine video and that's what robert kelly said yeah i mean you have to be very 
and it's usually like they hear a word. They don't hear what you were saying because obviously, like if they listened, they would go, "No, I'm on board with what what you're saying." Yeah, like usually, it, they hear yeah. a, a key word and they're like, "Oh, pedophilia." Nope. I'm, well, I mean, pedophilia yeah, is really uh, yeah, hard to no, make funny. No, don't do that. No, don't <laughs> yeah, do that. But I'm just saying. I'm actually. I didn't say that. Wait, yeah, what's, your <laughs> what's your name? But, my name is Jason Harvey. But <laughs> but I will say, like, Louis had the Louis had the whole, an amazing no, bit I know, on I'm, Saturday I'm kidding, Night dude. Live. We're making, yeah, exactly. We're but, making yeah, this funny. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, that's you know. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Barry Crimmins, Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, if you want to really watch a great documentary, watch that documentary. Um, Call Me Lucky? Call Me Lucky. It's about him being raped as a boy. Yeah. And it's the the hardest movie I ever had to watch. I mean, I could not not watch this movie. I wanted to shut it off so many times. I was in tears watching this movie. Um... You know, but I heard them on Owen J mm-hmm. uh, promoting it, and Bob's a comic, and yeah. Barry's a comic, and they were talking about this tragic stuff, and you know, and Bob was like, you know, um, it was hard for me to film, you know, film this, and he goes, hard for you, you know, Barry yeah. Crimmins was like, hard for you, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, and then it was like, I didn't want to, you know, we were in the basement where all of it happened, I didn't want to reenact it, and Bob was like, me neither. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like they found not that it's funny. It's not funny at all. But they're comic. You know what I mean? They're, they it happened they found to him. a way to deal with it. Well, they uh, deal with it yeah. exactly. It's he actually said something that was really interesting, and he says, uh, "You know, I, I don't want to. I don't. I'm not going to quote him, but I, I, what I took from it was um, people who are fucked up, comics or other people that are just fucked up and annoying or do annoying things or things that you're like, why do you? Why are you like that?" You know what? It's there. They that they they that he said that that's because they're um, fighters. That's their. They built that crappy thing that they do or whatever to to survive. You know, most people are crazy stuff that we do is to survive. We didn't give up. We fought. Yeah. And we put all the stuff around us that may be messed up to other people or annoying to people, but it's you surviving some tragic shit that happened growing up in our crappy lives that every kid has to go through that, you know, you learn how to survive and you build these walls or you do these things and you become this birth and that's just you not giving up. And that I was like, wow, it made me look at people differently. Like I don't really have to hate you because maybe you're annoying to me, but that's what you became to, get through what you had to go through to get past that yeah that was yeah. like i mean that's a real crazy thing to say that's a you know what i mean and that's a comedian yeah that's a comedian coming up with that stuff we come up with the greatest shit where where we philosophize yeah we figure things out for the rest of the world that's our job why is this funny why is handicapped people <laughs> why we're not supposed to talk about that we're just supposed to treat them the, you know, great. I'm supposed to just, hey, what's up, man? Whatever you need. Yep, mm, come on over. <laughs> yeah. I'm never supposed to verbalize it, ever. But you do to your wife as soon as he leaves. <laughs> what a pain in the ass. <laughs> Why can't you talk about that? We can as comics. That's our job. So that you, who can't talk about that, who doesn't, you can laugh at yourself. Or the guy in the hand, 
the wheelchair can laugh at himself and laugh <laughs> at the tragic shit. It's life that, it, yeah, that you're dealing with. It's life, man. I mean, look, you know, uh, you know, I talk about the levels of love. You know, I remember fantasizing. I remember fantasizing just a bike messenger kicking my wife off the the the, the golden the 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 uh, golden gate bridge golden gate bridge because i wanted to rent a little uh car that would take us to sosalita she was like let's let's just walk and <laughs> it, I, halfway through i was gonna die and i just and she's like, it's, not, it's not that bad i wanted a bike messenger I I, you know and I, but i i i i told her I was like, I, I hope somebody just literally kicks you off this bridge right now. <laughs> Look, do I want that? Of course I don't. I don't. I love my wife. I, mean, I will. I will. I will fight anything and anybody that would ever even hurt her. Do I want her dead? No. But you, you fantasize. You know, it gets you out of that. You know, and then we both laugh at how much I hate her. That's 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 how beautiful comedy <laughs> yeah. is. Is that you can laugh at the things you hate. You can laugh at the terrible things that make you mad or sad. You can laugh at the atrocious things in your life, you know. And that's that's what we do. And that's what we. And then we share it with you people on stage, so you can feel okay too. Is you there know? a danger to using self-deprecating humor for people that don't, who aren't strong-minded? Because I imagine if you continually tell your self I suck I'm horrible at this I can't get laid I can't do this that and what yeah. that you can convince yourself that you're trash oh man I don't think you convince you I don't think self-deprecating humor it's not really self-deprecating it's more uh, being honest yeah with where you're at um, <laughs> you know but when you tell yourself tell your I audience that I, you're ugly that's not true you know I don't say I'm, I don't say that I'm ugly I just say that I don't think I'm, I'm perfect. Yeah. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. I say that that's my point of view. Um, if you, I think if you look in a mirror and you're 100% satisfied because, of, because you're gorgeous right. as far as what Hollywood or you know, these magazines think you are, if you can look there and go, I'm perfect. You're an asshole. Yeah, I've never had that You're thought. A, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Most of us are not. There's a very small percentage of us are what, you know, that perfect human being is. And then all of us feel like shit because I'm never going to be Brad Pitt. I, you know what I felt like shit about? I'm never going to have bad Brad Pitt shoulders and abs. <laughs> and I saw Fight Club. I was like, I can get there. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to get there. And now I feel like shit my whole life because I'm never what I thought I could be. Because you said I could be. No, I'm, I'm, I'm this. I'm dumpy. I'm, I went bald. I thought I, I, thought I was going to have Brad Pitt. I went bald. Now where am I? You know? It's like, okay, this is me. I look in the mirror. And I know what I am. And I'm letting you know that, you know, I'm a little dumpy and I, um, I'm, I'm this and I'm that and I have a dead toenail. I'm telling you I have a dead toenail. Uh, you know, I, why, why would I do that? Why? Every chick in the room is like, yuck. But there's, a, there's guys that are going, me too. Yeah. And I, okay, cool. This guy's fucking awesome. He has a dead toenail. And then I'll look out at the wife 
who knows that she's got a dead toenail husband, <laughs> and, she's, and she's laughing. So I'm there. I'm I'm there for you. I'm saying this for you. Yeah. It may not be for you or you or them or her, but the people that it's there for, it's for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm just that's just my life. Because I was sick of hiding things. I was sick of trying to be something. You know, I, I was you know I was ashamed of a dead toenail. I was ashamed of having it. I was ashamed of gaining weight and losing weight. I was ashamed of having a food addiction. I was ashamed of going bald, sad, and you know, I was ashamed of getting old. I was ashamed of falling in love. I was ashamed of everything. And it's, why? Fuck no. Talk about it. You know, let's, let's make fun of it. I'm, I, you know what I mean? You know, what are you going to do? That way, when my mother taught me a long time ago. These kids were making fun of me, and they were, they were, uh, they were trashing me. And I was really sad. And she goes, just make fun of yourself. It takes all the fun out of it. She goes, next time you're there, uh, just, you know, make, just join in. <laughs> and next time they were there, they were like, yeah, your mother's fat. And I go, yeah, she's a whore, too. <laughs> they were like, what? I was like, yeah, she blows dudes in bushes all the time. She's a big, fat slut. She's fat and a whore. They started dying. <laughs> it, it, they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it took it away. And then my mother was mad at me because she, she didn't know she was involved. I, went, oh. I was like, I called you a whore. I said that you were a whore in bushes. She was like, what the hell did you call? You don't tell them I'm not a whore, you little man. She beat the shit out of me. But it, you know what I mean? It's true, man. You take when you can take the power away, when you can know your worth, you can just be honest with who you are. Nobody has power over you. You can't make me feel bad because I'm letting you know I already feel bad <laughs> and I'm acknowledging it. So self-deprecating, do I, should you sit there in the mirror and go, I suck, I hate myself? No, I'm not saying I love myself. I love me as me. And I'm not afraid to tell you all the things that are wrong with me because that makes me me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's what life, that's what, to me, that's what it's about. I'm, I'm, I'm messed up. I make mistakes. I change my mind. I evolve. I think this way now. In a year, I can think another way, and that's okay, too. So, you know. And who the fuck knows? This cigar won't fit with. That's what I know. So now that you're a father, is... Are you going to start talking more about your child on stage? Or are you going to kind of keep that separate? Have you decided? You know, dude, well, my last hour, I have three hours. The first hour is Robert Kelly Live that I produced myself. Um, that was about silly shit, scaring people. Um, I don't even know what the fuck. It was all fun. You know what I mean? All fun stuff. The second one was through Comedy Central, Jack, the great Jack Vaughn, who actually started Comedy Central Records. And that was more of um, kind of, you know, the first one was kind of, you know, you know, chicks and goofy, silly stuff. The second one was kind of finding love um, and stuff like, you know, asking my wife to marry me and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, coming to that point. The third one I just put out was actually kind of two hours that melded because I should have done it a year, uh, a year and a half before. There was this whole thing about, you know, you know, falling in love and being emotional. And it was all about me being taught not to be emotional. 
You know what I mean? How we're taught be men and, you know, it was all about crying and um, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, uh, I had this kid. So right in the middle of it, I my whole life changed. And I had this pregnancy and having a kid. All of a sudden, I was talking about, you know, that, you know. So it was like these two hours I kind of – I did my – my special Robert Kelly Live, that's available on RobertKellyLive.com for five bucks, um, is actually, an, I did an hour and 50 of solid material because I had so much shit. It just sucked that I had to push it together. But now, like you guys saw tonight, that first, I don't know, 30 minutes is all, you know, it's just, it's, it's not about having a kid. The, uh, the stuff at the end is kind of the old hour. There's a piece of that old hour. But that stuff at the beginning is all the, n- the next hour. Of being a man and... Well, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, they're not making men or, you know, uh, touching a man gently or, you know, the fat riot cop or... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. That was funny. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, um, you know, it's just that's all new stuff that's coming out. Um so it's it's different it's not about the kid it's not about it's not about my family that much where it's i don't know it's different stuff now it's more or do you consider those more bits like instead of like stuff from your life that's more kind of like thoughts well, ideas no, it's still i mean hang on this fucking cigar won't stay lit. <laughs> I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> it's not like it's still a bit. I mean, it's still my life. You know, I, I, you know, it's all stuff that happened to me. You know, touching a man gently, that, that really happened. That's the only way I write. I don't, I don't make shit up. I don't sit there and I'm not topical. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't, I'm not a topical guy. You know, where I take the latest shit in the news and, oh, isn't it funny? Did you hear about the whale? That I don't give a shit. That shit does <laughs> nothing for me. I admire people that do it. I get it. But that to me is monologue humor. It's bing, 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 bing. The tempo is ba 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 Yeah, that's fine. I'm not, I don't do that. I'm going up with something that happened to me. And it's just, you know, right now it's not about my kid. You know, um, but I mean, you know, like the stuff about the prodigy, having a prodigy, but the right one, not having, you know, one that can stack cups quick. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a new bit that, you know, I came up with uh, about the kid because I was thinking about that. I was thinking about my kid and I I was kind of bummed when he wasn't special because I really thought I had special jizz. I thought (laughs) I thought I all I needed to do was, you know, release this magical jizzy jizz <laughs> and I thought like a blue light would come around her over her egg and then it would come out and be like you know hello dad like, I thought it was gonna, hello father yeah, like, you yeah. birthed me yeah like, and I you know and then I look back and my kid was just you know I, it was just a, you know uh, you know uh, just a good healthy baby which was great awesome but I wanted I wanted fucking arigato, papa. You know, yeah. you know, that's what I wanted, but I didn't get it. 
I loved your bit where you talked about actually not being there for the birth because I remember when I I have a nine-year-old son and when you he do? was born yeah when he was born I was there and I was there until my wife saw the look in my eye because the nurse said I need you to do this and they really do put you to work I was holding a leg yeah. I was holding a leg, and then I, I remember looking back at now my ex-wife, and she yeah. just looked at me and said, you don't, you don't have to be in here. And yeah. I was like, really? Like, I really don't because I don't. I don't want to be anymore. It's like, this the is, worst thing I've it's ever. It's so fucking stressful and intense. When I, you know, I talked to, because back in the day, men would stay home. Women would go to the hospital, and a bunch of nurses would take care of them. Men got a phone call. It's a boy. And then they'd break out, you know, cigars. cigars. And smoke. Yeah. yeah, I had that joke of Mac where it's like, you know, what is it? It's a boy. Great. Blue cigars. Fix a vagina. Send that shit home and it looks like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now we're, there, we're literally in there. With the I blue mean, umbilical cord. Yeah, yeah. man. Oh, <laughs> man. You can barely cut. You almost need a <laughs> yeah, when he, yeah, chainsaw well, to it cut really it. Is, it's, it's really hard. Yeah, it's and disgusting. it's like... I remember when I looked down, she went, wow. And I was like, and I looked and there was, I just, you know, to see that, it's like, I don't want to ever, <laughs> like my kid had hair and then her hair mixed, like his hair and her hair were mixed. So I didn't know where her vagina ended. And, and or where he, I didn't understand that. Like I was like, uh, like I fucking froze. Like, uh, you know, because, you know. A vagina has been for me to pleasure myself, you Up know, or pleasure her yeah. until I realized, oh, vaginas would make babies. Yeah. Yeah. That's not. It's not for me. It, and no. It, well, and on, <laughs> it's for re- the baby to come out. I remember standing <laughs> next to her the ne- like a few days after when like right when we got back from the hospital and she was buying stool softeners Oof. and I was standing there holding the car seat and I just remember thinking. When in the fuck did I take this exit? When was this stool soft? Like, yeah, but it's the greatest and the worst thing in the world running side by side, parallel. Exactly. It's the have a child is the worst thing and the best thing ever because it's so hard. It's so, oh my God. But then it's the when when you look down and you see, you're like, oh my God. I made this with jizz. <laughs> like, wow. Like, this is, gr- this is, and I mean, now I look at my son, I could cry every time I think of him, dude. Did you cry when he was born? I cried when oh, my son yeah, was born. Man, I yeah. cried all the time, yeah. How old is your son? I still cry. He's two, two, two months, he's two years. Uh, two years, two months. I cry, dude, I cried today thinking about him. I, dude, let me tell you something, man. I agree with, you know, partying. I love having, fooling around and doing weird shit and, you know, staying out all night. And I used to hate parents. <laughs> I used to see parents and be like, oh, they always look wet. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I just always look damp. I hated it. I cry for a different reason. My son's 13 now. And you'll see him on the couch and you'll see his hands slide into his pants. That's a bad thing to see. Like, you're a little kid. Bad thing to watch, you creep. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. It walked right into that one. Not only that, you tell him like behind closed doors. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. The fact that you never tell him you would just sit there and watch as you're freaking out. Just be a father and give him a magazine and tell him to take it to the bathroom. Yeah. Fucking wash your fucking stop, hands. Yes. Oh, duly stop noted. Fucking, yeah. Stop watching from a closet. You <laughs> With that said, you've got a new TV show out on yes. FX, yes, Sex, sir. Drugs, and Rock and Roll. I do. This is, uh, yeah, this is the first time I've ever been a regular on a series. It's with the greatest network, and uh, you know, uh, on the fucking planet. I, I love FX. You know, I've I've dreamt about being on FX probably my whole career. Um, you know, since The Shield and Rescue Me and you know Nip Tuck and and then of course Louie and you know Sunny Always Sunny. It's just Archer. like yeah. it's just like to me they just they're creative network. They're not about you know they're about the creativity. It's hard to get a show on FX, but when you do, you know that they. You know, it's like owning a co-op. It's a yeah. bitch to get in. But when you get in, you know, <laughs> you know, you're good. You, they chose you. you. They don't just let anybody in. So now you have a safe home. It's the same thing. You know what I mean? Um, it's tracking well, too. It's, yeah, yeah, well, who's in the business? That <laughs> <laughs> was the slang. It's Sorry, tracking. it's getting good numbers. <laughs> no tracking, you're right. I didn't even know that, you mother. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's great, man. It's, I mean, it's leery. It's his comeback to TV. I mean, dude, it's. I can't tell you. I, I don't even like talking about it because it's so, I it's so awesome. I get freaked out. Yeah, like the whole thing, from you know. You know, even hearing about it when it was just rumblings a couple of years ago when Dennis is pitching the show. And, you know, I was like, really? Like, I immediately started to learn how to play drums because I didn't know how to play. Because I, I wanted to win this part. And, it, you know, not being a drummer or not knowing was not I didn't want that to be the factor because I know there's a lot of comics out there. I mean, Michael Chiklis, chubby bald guy who kicks ass on the drums. You know, Burr yeah. is an amazing yeah. drummer. I mean, there's a lot of dudes out there that drum. So I was like, fuck. So I, I just started. <laughs> I mean, I was in a pillow every hotel. I, drumsticks and a pillow every hotel room. And then I find out that Leary was doing press for it. And he's like, yeah, I wrote the part for Bobby. I'm like, you, you did? <laughs> I mean, you just assumed I would learn drums? That's a fucking massive assumption. Like, yeah, I knew you'd do it. How? Did you know I would... I'm, it's an instrument. That's great. It's like hard. That's like you know what it's I mean. A skilled instrument. Yeah, it's like writing me like a, a math a mathematician part and think I'm just gonna learn calculus at 44. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like crazy. Um, but yeah, I I did it. Now look, I, I I would consider myself my drum teacher. You keep saying you got to stop saying you're not a drummer. You're a drummer. But I would still consider myself an actor. I play drummer on TV. <laughs> I can actually say that. But I can, I can get behind the kit and hold the groove and do a couple fills. But I can play the songs, you know, um, some of them. So that's cool. You got a fantastic podcast, You Know What Dude, on your network, Riotcast. How did that start? I started, you know, I did a podcast. I always talk about this, too. People are going to hate 
that I talk about this, but <laughs> I started up. There was a thing called Gcast years ago. As I remember, right? Before any Marin, anybody had a podcast. Before anybody had a podcast. Um, where you, it was an, uh, it was just a thing you signed up for on the internet. Yeah. And they gave you a phone number. Yeah, you called the phone number. Called the phone yeah. number. You left a message, and then you could give it to your fans, and they could listen to the message. And it was supposed to be like maybe a, a thirty-second message. Now, at that time, I would call Colin Quinn every night, and we just talk. <laughs> so I just called Colin, and then I would uh, merge the call, right, um, <laughs> to that number, and we record our phone calls. And we wound up talking for like 45 minutes. So instead of 30-second message, it would be a 45 minutes. <laughs> they just never st- stopped it. So, And then I would just give that out. I had a call here, and it was called Robert Kelly and sometimes Colin Quinn because sometimes he wouldn't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would just do it with somebody else. Uh, but most of the time it was with him. And we, dude, we had 20,000 listeners. Um, I remember Dane did one. Like, that is, like, peak of popularity. He did one. Madonna, P. Diddy, then us. Wow. On the list of popularity. I remember checking it, like, I'm after P. Diddy. And um, we did that for a while. And then, you know, it just ended. We stopped doing it. I stopped. I actually, Billy Burr's first podcast is me hooking up his G-cast. His, uh, <laughs> his you know, him going, I fucking Bobby's hooking this up. And, <laughs> Yeah, you know, whatever. And um, yeah, and then I quit for a while. And then all of a sudden, everybody in their fucking mother had a podcast. And I that's when I got back into it. I started um, just with my phone, man. I was like, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to force myself to do this. And I started doing interviews with other comics on my iPhone. And I had this I had this programmer from, I think, Korea. My web guy, my awesome web guy, Kurt Iverson, um, he had this programmer. I go, I want to record this thing on my phone. I want a certain email. So when I email it from this app, my website knows that an audio file's in it, automatically puts it on iTunes. Yeah. So he created this crazy thing. I recorded it on my phone, emailed it to myself to this certain email address. The program would just automatically put it on iTunes. Whoa. So that's what my first shows were. And I just, it kept getting popular and popular. And then Rob Sprantz, who owned, it was called Glory Hole Network. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and he, call, he called me up right when the, the, the network started yeah. going down. And he was like, I, I would like you to join my network. And I was like, all right, but what do I get? I don't fucking need you. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he was, uh, we talked, and I was like, all right, dude, if I'm coming on, I want to be part of this. And we, there were four shows when I started with him, and now we're 17. Yeah. 17 shows, um, me and him, right down the middle, we do everything. He does a lot of the technical stuff. I, you know, we create together. We come up with shows together. We don't just take any show because all the money we pay for, we don't have big companies behind us. Uh, we don't want the same show over and over. We have a very different network. We want, um, you know, unique shows. We have, you know, Mandy Statmiller does an interview show. We have Bailey J, who's, uh, you know, she's a transgender girl um, who's uh, awesome. Her and her husband do a show. 
Uh, it was kind of nerdy. They talk about all kinds of nerdy stuff, which is great. We have a sports show, Davey Mack. We have Nick DiPaolo's show, my show. Um, Florentine. Yeah, we just added a gaming show. Um, we're at, yeah, man, we got a lot of Jim Florentine shows. Awesome. Uh, we got uh, the Beige Phillips show with Dante. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of, we, we kind of pride ourselves on having a, a diverse network with a little bit for anybody. Uh, and we're all grassroots. All we're there to do is help the other shows get more popular. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's kicking ass, man. We, 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 uh, we're growing. We grow very slow. A lot of networks will just add everybody. But I, I swear to God, I, you know, a year in, everybody's, you know, like, dude, what you, can we come over to you? <laughs> yeah, because it's like they just take everybody and everything. And, you know, they just want you. Bef- it's almost like, you know, network TV. They just want you, even if they don't use you. Are you talking about Podcast One here? Or? Huh? Are you talking about Podcast One? What do you mean? Who's that? It, that's like the big network with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Adam Carolla. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah. look, man, some of them are great. But, you know, we're, we're not... You know, we're trying to, we, we, we just want a specific thing, man. We want quality great, over quantity. Everybody who's on our network does their own show. They know how to use a Zoom. They know how to use a mixer. Then I set up mics. Then I upload their podcast. They do it. Most of our shows do it themselves. Because if, you know, if you give somebody a studio, if you give somebody everything, if you take that away from them, they're not going to do their show anymore. Right. But if if they're doing their show because they love it, because they want to do it. My wife hates me. Rich Voss. That show. That's one of our original shows that we created. You know, um, he does it. It took a long time to teach him how to use a fucking <laughs> fucking Yeti microphone. Oh, my God. Fucking USB microphone. How do you where do you plug it in? <laughs> the only plug that plugs in. Oh, God. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he. They do their show. And I, I think podcasting for a comedian is the greatest social media ever. Because to, to, to Twitter or Facebook, you don't need to work for it. Just say like or yes, follow, whatever. But to podcast, to listen to somebody's show, you have to download it and you have to listen. That's a fan. That's a fan. So you know, if you got you know, 100,000 followers on Twitter... But you only have 30,000 people that listen to your podcast. That's how many fans you have. Those are the people that like you. Because they're taking the time. It's like stand-up. If they show up, they like you. Your responsibility as a fan of my comedy is to show up or listen to the things I put out there. Yeah. You know? And it's free, man. You know, We haven't gone over to the dark side yet where we're charging. It's getting a little hard. Because everybody seems to be making a lot of money except for us. But, you know, we do uh, advertising and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Just redid the whole studio. Uh, we, our studio, the Riotcast studio that four of our shows tape out of. Mm-hmm. Hammer Fisting, Mandy. We just got Laugh Button. Does a show there now. They're on our network, which is awesome. Uh, and myself, the above the Comedy Cellar. The Comedy Cellar just... Redid a awesome. whole studio, custom desk, everything. So we just joined with them, and now we have this amazing studio right above from the Comedy Cellar, which is, I mean, you can't, you can't get any better than that, dude. 
No. It's the best. Yeah. It's, it's the, the heartbeat of comedy. Yeah. So, everyone, in Salt Lake City, go see Robert Kelly, Club 50 West, tomorrow, which is Friday, Saturday, two shows. You're dumb if you don't go. Take a date. You might get laid. Well, you, probably, you might not get laid. Oh, yeah, because you're going to you make might, her laugh. You're going to make her happy, which yeah, he won't do. You might go get some food after, <laughs> and then maybe, you know, fool around in the car. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if my comedy makes people want to fuck. I, you know what I mean? I think my comedy makes you want to go to Denny's. <laughs> at, you know what I mean? at Robert Kelly on Twitter. Anything else, sir? Um, no, man. Watch the show, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, every Thursday night on FX. We have five more shows left. Um, next week uh, is, you know, pretty crazy. I can, my grandmother can't watch next week's episode. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> I do something on next week's episode that, uh, you know, is too much, too much for my grandmother to watch, my poor Catholic grandmother. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, check that out. Check my podcast out. But, you know, if you're in Utah... You know, and uh, tomorrow night, Friday and Saturday, you know, get your ass down there and uh, let's have some laughs, man. Let's have some fun. Yeah. yeah. West Temple and Broadway, right? That's yep. 300 South? Yep. In, in the ground floor of the Broadway Media Building, yeah. Club 50 West. Yes. Brand new club, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's great, man. That's great. I mean, what's the other one? Wise Guys? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a great club, too, but it's mm. always great when, you know. Well, man, it's, that means comedy. You know, it's good it's for growing. comics, man. Yeah, that you well, have more than one place to work out of, and Wise Guys is historical. Yeah, it's been around for a yeah. long time. Yeah, yeah. And I've been just running like independent, starting independent shows, and doing that just for more stage time too, just to do. Yeah, as oh, that's much. good, man. Yeah, yeah, that guy's a nice just, guy. Yeah, yeah, good guy. Key Stubbs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good guy, good clubs. It's always it's always good for comics, man. More places to uh, get on stage. And this club's, I mean, beautiful. Yeah, that was a good show tonight. man. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love the venue. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, mm. definitely. So well, you, got, well, you got more questions, don't you? Nah. All well, right. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna steal up any more of your time. All right, man. Yeah. All right, cool. So for Johnny McKeon, Jason Harvey, thank you, Robert Kelly. I appreciate Guys, you. Guys, thanks so much, man. This was uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good, man. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful I see skies of blue and clouds of white The bright blessed days, the dark sacred night And I think to myself